This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. This one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he there ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. All right, let's try and make this one as quick as possible because, um, well, for one, I've got class. I, I start the next semester for school in the morning. So um, as I am recording, it's not too long after the Knicks just took another loss. It is um, 11.46 p.m. on January 24th, a Monday. So as you are listening to this, it'll be sometime Tuesday the 25th. Um, but I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible while I want to hit all the points that I really want to get to. Because I've got some things to talk about after this one. Um, you know, it, every loss at this point gets gets bigger and bigger in terms of the way it's affecting their season right now. Um, and this, this one was big. You know... To be honest, this wouldn't be that big. This would be an acceptable loss because it is the Cleveland Cavaliers who are, I believe, in the sixth seed right now. Um, and one game behind Milwaukee. It wouldn't be as big of a loss if if the Knicks had taken care of business on that four-game homestand against some pretty, you know, average to below-average teams. They lost the first two games to the Hornets and the Timberwolves. Okay, whatever. But then they go and lose to a terrible New Orleans Pelicans team who has no shot at making the playoffs and don't have Zion. And they salvage it by going 1-3, and three, you know, against the Clippers with the win on Sunday. So going 1-3 and three on that homestand at the Garden against teams that you should have beaten, you know, it, that, that hurt. And that, that made tonight's loss, you know, put it under a mag, uh, magnifying glass. So, <laughs> it sucks. It really does suck. But I want to hit all my points. And, yeah. So, guys, if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Yes. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. If you are new here, welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA on the weekends now, too. Um... So let's get to it. Uh, again, just sub if you haven't yet. You know where to go. All the listening platforms. Um, you can watch the podcast too. That's up on YouTube, BD4, and BD4 on all the listening platforms. Um, just said that. Follow me on social media. I'm at RJ Carbone on Facebook. And you can follow me on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So let's get to our first plug really quick. And when we get back, I just want to get right into it. And that'll be that. All right. Stay with us. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow 
and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So the Knicks lose this game by a score of 95-93. They were playing in Cleveland tonight to start this three-game road trip against the Cavs to start it off. Um, And they're also playing eight of their next ten games on the road as well. So this was a frustrating loss. Um, You know, the Knicks actually played well for most of this ballgame. They did, um, you know, they played hard. Um, I, I like the fact that they forced 20 turnovers and they turned that into 26 points. That was a rarity. They had a lot of those points on the fast break, 17. Um, so they were keeping up the pace, which was a good change. But again, they cannot get it done. They lose to a Cavs team who are a good team, but they were without their main crew. There was no Larry Markinen there at the stretch four. There there was no Colin Sexton in the backcourt um, and going down low, there was no Jared Allen. So it was a, it was a game we could have very well taken had we executed late in the game. And once again, it comes down to late game execution. We were just talking about this on, on an episode a few nights ago. Tom Thibodeau's playbook. And, and again, it's, it's his ATO offense in particular. What the hell was that? What the hell was that? What kind of ATO offense is he running out here? You have Julius Randle post, uh, posting up a, a tremendous mismatch in Dean Wade, who has who is about Dean Wade, some white kid who's about 25 pounds less than Randle soaking wet. And you've got Julius passing up two looks late in the game when he's got the mismatch on Wade in the high post. Now, okay, you know, you could say that, you know, me personally, I'm always ragging on Randall taking those final shots. Okay, maybe I don't want him taking the ISO shots, but, but when you're on a mismatch like that and you're actually taking a smart shot, you're, you're backing him down, taking him to the post, that's when I don't mind it. But here's the thing. If you want me to tell, if you're asking me would I rather have that post up a mismatch in Wade or what he did, Give me the former. Because what, what we did out of those ATOs was just despicable. Absolutely despicable. You've got one, the, the, the one where he passes it to quickly on the right elbow, and Emmanuel's taking a 40-foot shot. Complete brick. Who goes one for ten on the night, by the way. No, that doesn't work. And then we're going to RJ and that three-pointer. We need that. We need So the Knicks needed... Two points. They were down two points. So they needed to get a shot closer to the hoop. But we go to RJ for three. 
And this wasn't an ATO. It, it was it was after a basket by Cleveland. Excuse me. But if you go back and you watch the play again, as soon as the Knicks cross the half court, you have R.J. Barrett calling for the ball so he can initiate the offense and do his thing. But what do we do? We, we waste time on the shot clock, and by the time R.J. Barrett gets the ball from Randall's hands, he has little time to get a shot off, maybe three seconds. So he has to shoot the three, practically. He had just drove and finished you know, a, a few possessions prior. At the four-minute mark, R.J. T- uh, he brought the Knicks within three points with the drive and finish. And then at the three-minute-and-something mark, he brings the Knicks within one point on a drive. So what are we doing? Why are we going away from that? Then the final inbound play. This was another moment. It was a it was an offensive set out of an ATO. We, we, we go. We, Burks throws the inbound right to Julius for a fallaway prayer. Comes up completely short, and once again the Knicks are over in, in these Julius last second heaves. So what are we doing? It's such a dead playbook. The generic drive-and-kick approach, hoisting up threes, uh, nothing but DHO and ISO and just purposeless motion off of the ball. You got Randall jogging up court. The Knicks are slow as molasses. They are slow as molasses getting their offense into a set. So how about some off-ball plays to get open looks for your shooters? Or some double horns actions? Or a little mover-blocker set? You know, some, some doesn't even have to be too intricate. It's, so so that's what I'm looking at right now. I, I think Tom Thibodeau was completely outcoached by J.B. Bickerstaff and the Cavs. And we still have Randall getting turnovers, trying to be point guard again tonight. Four turnovers, and a couple of them came in a small span. You know, he had travel calls in the same quarter, and then he had that bad pass intercepted by Rajon Rondo. And Randall was, how awful was he defensively in that third quarter? Jogging, jogging on his rotations out to Kevin Love, who was absolutely torching Julius on the perimeter. Torched him. That was the turning point of the game. Julius. I wonder if he was available tonight. To the media. How about when the Knicks were down three? Randall triple teams the ball. Two seconds are on the shot clock for Cleveland. And so Randall's triple teaming the ball. He leaves Dean Wade wide open, who was pretty hot at the time. And you know, a swing pass to him, he hits a three, and Cleveland's up six points. Another key moment by Julius. Hey, he showed up to his presser on Sunday afternoon when he dropped 24 in a win. And he blamed uh, his, his lack of... He, he blamed his invisibility to the press on the Knicks. Meanwhile, we get R.J. Barrett holding himself accountable... Just about every press conference now. Even during a good stretch of games by him. You know, I've accomplished nothing. Um, saying that the other day. Saying, I've got to hit my free throws tonight. He said that. Etc, etc. He's always holding himself accountable. And you can see how hungry he is just by the way he talks to the media. And the way he plays. 
His body language is always good. Randall and his body language, you know, talking to the refs, you know, bitching when he's supposed to be in the huddle with his teammates or supposed to be playing on, on defense the other end. He's still talking to officiating. It's it's tiring as hell to see. Tiring. Give RJ the keys, man. Just let RJ Barrett be the guy on this team right now. And I was looking at their numbers. Um, and I'm, tonight, it's going to be even more in favor of RJ once they update it. Their season numbers are very similar. Uh, Randall has the uptick in rebounds and a little more assists. But outside of that, they're very similar. They're both averaging around 17 or 18 points. And their field goal percentages are similar. RJ's shooting better from three. Their, their free throws are pretty similar. And when you take into account defense, you could say, and take into account defense and the fact that RJ's doing similar things to Randall, but it's impacting winning more, and he's doing it on his rookie contract while Randall's set to make 117 mil. It's not that crazy to say RJ's the better player this year. He's giving them more production, he, you know, the, the better value. Give him the keys, man. The Knicks clearly play better basketball, more efficient basketball when R.J. Barrett runs the offense and he's the facilitator. Again, tonight, he had it. He had 24 points. He shoots over 50% again. He was rebounding. He had some more assists in there. He's got to keep getting featured. Got to keep getting featured. And he did... As the second half progressed, the first half and into like the halfway mark of the third quarter, he had 63% on field goals, but he only had eight shot attempts. But they finally got him some more looks, and he capitalized his way to 24 points. But I want to go back to Tibbs and talk about some of these things, because it's just so maddening. So let's head to another break, and and again, this is going to be a quick episode. That's why I'm kind of rushing through this. I've got class in the morning, um, and then we'll wrap it up. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well wherever you get your podcast, but we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, all right. So, yeah, listen, Tibbs. Again, it's the it's the the template rotation, right? These fixed ass substitutions. Is Cam Reddish ever going to play? Did Tibbs just save face by playing him a couple of minutes on Sunday afternoon to, to appease the garden crowd? I guess we're going to have to wait till the trade deadline, but after that, I want no more excuses to play this dude. If they aren't going to play... 
I, they aren't going to play him right now over Fournier and Burks because of politics and, and the whole business aspect of things, right? Those two just signed their new contracts, so unfortunately they are going to play. Um, as garbage as I believe that philosophy is, that's the way the business is ran. But I mean, come on. There's no way in hell Taj Gibson should be averaging more minutes on the season than Obi Toppin, your, your lottery pick. Okay, Obi's not going to be here much longer. Sure, he's probably going to be traded at some point if Randall isn't. Showcase him. At least he's out there making a positive impact. You're trying to win? He's helping you win. I like Taj, but he's very limited in what he can do at this point at 36 years old. I'm so fed up with Thibodeau's old school, super ultra old school approach of of the veteran with size for defensive reasons, for switchability, blah, 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 over a youth with athleticism and scoring. Where are, what year is it? It's 2022. Give me the latter. What's that saying? Seven days a week and twice on a Sunday? Whatever it is, give me Obi, give me the ladder, give me over, give me Obi out there, give me Jericho Sims if you have to. Obi was a plus twenty, a plus twenty tonight in the box score, a plus twenty, and he plays fifteen minutes. Randall was a minus twenty-two, shocker, and he gets thirty-three minutes. Obi comes in, hits two three-point shots, puts the ball on the floor, attacks and finishes at the rim. So he's doing things out there that we don't even see from him now. And boom, he's done for the rest of the half. And he finishes with just 15 minutes. Why is Alec Burks averaging 23 minutes per game in his last five games when these are his stats? He's shooting 26% on his field goals in the last five games, averaging 5.8 points during that span. Why is he still getting ran out there? Cam Reddish? Couldn't find some minutes these last two nights? You couldn't find minutes for him there? Really? It's a back-to-back. Burks has more fouls than he does points tonight. He has as many points as I scored tonight. Yeah, he had zero once again. And you couldn't find more minutes for Cam Reddish? Any minutes for any minutes for Cam Reddish? Or maybe, how about this? You don't want to play Cam yet for some odd reason? You couldn't find even more minutes for Grimes? But, I mean, Cam comes in the game on Sunday and he displays more athleticism in 10 seconds on that coast-to-coast reverse finish than the Knicks did all season. And he gets a DNP CD tonight. Grimes, you know, in that third quarter, pivotal to that run. Pivotal. The Knicks needed it. He knocks down two consecutive threes at the end there, plays some great defense, Hounding defense, and they go on a 7-0 run to enter the fourth. And he closes the game tonight over Evan Fournier with a big fourth quarter, too, which is even more maddening that he's closing the game, Grimes is, over Fournier. You know, when we mention politics and how political it is, the Knicks clearly don't value Fournier enough to close games with him. They'd rather close with the rookie over the veteran Fournier. So it obviously tell you, it tells you that politics are involved. 
And Fournier's, I'm, I'm done with the excuses for him. I'm done trying to find silver linings. You know, I, I caught myself doing that a few episodes ago. Um, you know, giving him the last X amount of games excuse, he looks good. No. The guy is, he just doesn't fit on this team. So I told you it was going to be a quick episode. Hopefully I didn't speak too fast. Um, I just wanted to you know, give some quick hitters there. Because I'm just fed up at this point with the way Thibodeau is, is handling things. It's just the refusal the refusal to adjust the rotation to how the team is playing, to who the Knicks are playing. You know, it's just do what other coaches do. Make adjustments. These 2K lineups that you have, automatic, and they're not. there's no adjustments. It's the same boring, dull thing that hasn't been working all season long, but you refuse to change it much. Grimes probably wouldn't even be in the rotation if it wasn't for that COVID you know, stretch the Knicks had, where he, he was forced to play and he played so well that he, you know, he found himself in there every night. Because Tibbs had no choice. It's tough. It's tough. But yeah, some final notes. I'm done with Fournier right now. I'm done with Kemba Walker. The defense, the the offense isn't doing it. He can't stay healthy. When is he playing? When is he not? He's not a floor general. As soon as Rose comes back, get him in there and cut this dude. You know, it's got to end. Just cut him. It's only $8 million. Cut your losses. You won't get much anyway in a trade. I was actually looking up some stats um, entering tonight's game. This was entering tonight's game, so it's not exactly updated. But, um, and I don't have the stat in front of me, but I, it's in my mind enough to where, I don't know the decimal, but I know the whole number. The Knicks are plus 12 per 100 possessions when RJ and um, Derek Rose pair together. And they're plus five point something when RJ and quickly pair together. Those are the the best um, point differentials on the team in an RJ tandem. The two best. The worst tandem with RJ is RJ Kemba, where the Knicks are outscored by 12 point something per 100 possessions. And so it goes back to what we've been talking about. When RJ shares the floor with Kemba, and you can add Julius in there too, He's not getting those on-ball reps. He's not getting featured how he should. Right? Setting him up going downhill. Um, running and pick and roll with him. But instead, he's just this spot-up guy. Standing on the wing. So I I say ditch Kemba as soon as you can. And, and the Knicks, again, they featured RJ Moore in the second half. But, yeah, the Kemba thing ain't working. Uh, Nerlens, it was good to see Nerlens grab 13 rebounds tonight. That was a positive. He doesn't do that often. Um, but every time this guy makes physical contact with someone, you're scared that he's going to, you know, hurt himself. Those knees, man. But you know, this was a bad loss, and I, I put a lot of it on Tom Thibodeau. Um, just those ATOs. You cannot have an ATO offense like we have had under Thibodeau, even since last year, too. I don't think we ever had success with Julius on the last shot. I don't. Draw something up, man. Draw something a little creative. 
Jesus. But it also comes down to hitting your free throws. So let's not forget that because they have to start hitting their free throws. They're called free throws for a reason. And the Knicks, horrible. Again tonight, under 55% up. RJ, Randall, and Noel combined to shoot 9 for 19. 47% on the foul line tonight. Taj was the only other Nick to shoot free throws, and he went two for two. So you take him out 47% on the foul line for the Knicks. And it was those three. Unacceptable. Pathetic. Not even NBA caliber. A church league middle school team could shoot better than that. So free throws, late game execution. That's what I'm looking at. That's it, guys. That's it. Let's go to break, come back, and we'll wrap this thing up with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day, and we're done for tonight. I would go longer, uh, but it's the first day of class tomorrow. I just want to be prepared and everything, um, and we'll be back to normal on the next show. But a rough loss to Cleveland. Again, free throws, and Thibodeau's offense is just stale. Stay with us. We'll be back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A28412. E-R-J-C. Using that, you'd get a discount, $7.99 a month, to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A28411ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomberbacher blog that you use promo code 6A28411ERJC. 6A28411ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomberbacher blog. And there you have it. 
So for episode 312, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day. It's going to be a Knicks question tonight. On this day in 2014, January 24th, 2014, what iconic moment happened at Madison Square Garden in a Knicks-Hornets game? Pretty easy question if you're a religious watcher of the Knicks. On this day in 2014, January 24th, what iconic moment at Madison Square Garden is uh, happened in a Knicks-Hornets game? Let me know the answer on Facebook or on Instagram in my comment section once I publish the promo clips to this episode. Or you can DM me the answer and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode if you get it correct. Guys, thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I appreciate it. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, with episode 312 of BD4, where there's no better way. Think it's your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We do MMA now, too, on the weekends. Um, Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. That's it. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Again, quicker than usual tonight. Just because I want to get situated for the first day of class tomorrow. But we will be back on our normal schedule going at least 45 minutes, which is about the average of our episodes. And we'll go at a slower pace and actually break things down. But I wanted to get some quick hitters in there. I think I nailed them all. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, I think that's it for this one. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.